Welcome to another episode of Two Black Critics with Marvin Mason and Mark Sneed. I'm actually Mark Sneed, and that guy over there with the sinus infection, no, I'm just kidding, is... Marvin Mason. That's right. Ah, here we are. That's right, here we are. <laughs> and... Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some um, book stuff and querying. Um, some uh, I, I talked to you about this before, and I said that we had to do this episode on rejections. Because I think there's so many things that are really wonderful about rejections. And I know it sounds really you know counterintuitive, but it, it really says a lot. And then as, as well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Amazon and the Big Five being sued for antitrust. And... The question of who are the big five and I, I, as you know probably Larry McMur McMurdy died as well as oh. Beverly Cleary and so um, without further ado Merv why should we query and when's the last time you did query okay that's, that's a two-pronged question I know when was the last time I honestly queried or the last time I queried? Okay. <laughs> yes. Hey, let me say about it. Um, so my first book's probably the only time I ever honestly queried. Mm -hmm. um, I think like, I queried two months ago. Okay. Uh, you know, um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's sort of a, a funny process and you know that. Uh, because everybody loves to be rejected <laughs> at, least, at least 200 times. Oh, yeah. You got to, uh, you know, if you ain't rejected, you know, there's no point to be in there. And, and you know what? Here's the funny thing. And I, and, I, and I always say this every time I see somebody on Twitter who says, Hey, such and such just picked me up. And I'm like, Exactly what is wrong with that dog? Okay. Because, you know, from the standpoint of they might do some wonders for you, but something's absolutely got to be wrong. And they got to know this piece was passed around. It's sort of like the blacklist, right? Where they know all these scripts have been rejected. And then somebody finally says, you know what? We'll take a chance on this. Bring, you know, I mean, how, how, how bad could this, this script about a, a crazy mathematician be? And if we can get Russell Crowe to do it, then we get an Oscar out of it, you know? So it, it, it's a weird process, right? Because you honestly, honestly have to love the concept of being rejected, <laughs> just picking up the pieces and sending your stuff out again. And, and, and don't be wrong, I'm going to say this in all fairness, I think you learn a lot from querying. I really do. I think you learn a lot from failure, to be honest. So, you know, because I think I, that I, I, people people think failure, that you always succeed. You know, failure and rejection are two different things. Right, I agree. So, just because you're rejected, well, let's face it, all right, we weren't the best daters when we were in high school. No, oh, God. But at the same time, we, we had go. a lot of faith in ourselves, and we knew who the heck we were, right? Regardless of who the other side was. This is different. Querying is a different game altogether as far as, and I can say this, um, I picked up a piece from a, a person who's trying to teach others how to write, mm -hmm. okay? And it's a 66-page piece, and I've worked with this party before, you know, the publisher. What I found interesting is she has a whole page on Basically, other ways to say the word said or asked, mm -hmm. right? But my first actual rejection was in regards to the fact that I did exactly what she stated right. in that one page, mm -hmm. okay? So the first thing you learn, and I did say learn, is that if you're going to try to deal with the big boys, 
you're going to do it a particular way. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what you'll do is, and you know what, Elmer Leonard used to say this as well. There's nothing wrong with saying said every time. Okay? Don't change the word said. Add another action to it. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between, say, certain genres. So, as a person of color, okay, you will find that a lot of times we don't automatically write said or we stop after the first chapter and we find more unique creative ways to say the word said okay and and it's just a small little thing but at the same time i got a full-blown rejection letter about what's wrong with my book because i used the word said and at the end of the day that was the biggest thing they had on me Mm -hmm. that i didn't i you know i had 400 pages but (laughs) i didn't properly use the word so what's uh, I guess that, that's what's what was your uh, last time? Oh, you said two months ago. So now, uh, why do you query? I first time honestly because hey, I, I was optimistic. I had high hopes in regards to you know I could get picked up by one of the big guns mm-hmm. and the big uh, five, yeah, to, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was going to build this new retirement plan, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, it, it was, I, I think what really got me, and, and I, I, I told you this story before, and, you know, if, if this part even hears what I'm saying here, God bless her, because uh, she should hear this. Uh, my first book was called Curse of Blackhawks uh, Treasure, okay? And I was told that I wouldn't get away with that title because I owed an apology, and I was like, I'm sorry. Marky wouldn't do anything to the Native American at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you find that your rejections come for the oddest reasons, okay, and then people step away from your material for the oddest reasons, and they're not always truthful about why they're stepping away, or they bury their truth, their truth in regards to why. If if you're afraid that you know because you look like a certain you know a certain party, and this title will not fit your you know your label based off maybe the atrocities your people did, let's think that. Right? Don't tell me I don't want to apologize. I don't want to apologize to anybody. Okay? And that was the honest letter I got. That's not the email. Right? And that's why I say it's a weird process. You have to be prepared for that. You sort of have to be able to shake it off. Okay. You know how to move on. All right. Well, okay? uh, and, and that's it. Well, I think that, like I told you, I think that um, anything can, 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 can improve you, right? And queries, I think, are really important simply because you learn that the the nature or the business side of of trying to sell yourself and because that's what the query is it's just you selling yourself and selling your work in a short form and it can sometimes be daunting and stressful because you know you're hoping that you're reaching the right people at least i am and I don't know necessarily, I, I, I query less and less and find that it it is very frustrating because of the, and I wanna, I wanna make, make sure I phrase it correctly. I think because of the perception that black male writers don't have an audience and that they are harder to sell. And especially we don't write a, especially you're not writing an angry black book. Right. And I think that's really a fasc, it's, it's, it's fascinating and frustrating simultaneously. But um, I think that, you know, 
the there is a if you want to break out i'm i'm very happy to be self-publishing because i think that you you start to find that some of and when we go to the rejection part of, of this uh podcast today you you'll hear that some of the people chose to and many many black I can't talk for all people of color, but I, I will talk about black. That many black authors had had to do it on their own because they couldn't get into a publishing house, and publishers chose for whatever reason not to include them. And, I, and it's sad to say, you know. And I'm not talking about uh, Schleck. I'm, I'm talking about really good work, you know. And you well. and you just wonder, wow. And I think that one of the things that's really fascinating, and I'm gonna we're gonna kind of um, segue here, is that publishing houses don't always get it right, and they don't always know. So here's our segue to I'm gonna talk about at least ten famous authors that have been rejected by the big five, and you know, um, and the thing that's I'll start with the the, the biggest, which was always surprising. Um, you know this person, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase I'm gonna tell you about how many rejections, and then I'll tell you who it is. Um, and th they um, queried twelve publishers, and the twelve of the publishers, all twelve said, "No, this is not going to. This is not worth it, and you should probably think of something else." And that author went on to sell over forty million books. That would be J.K. Rawlings and the first uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which was is really fascinating to me. Um, the uh, one of the things I, I think you, I should point out that one of the things that rejections have a value to is that you learn persistence. And I, I mean, I don't know if I could have done this, but it's just it's a fascinating thing. The next person uh, had one hundred and forty four rejections. I'm going to say that again, 144. And the book is a series that became a movie that became, I don't even know. I mean, I, I know it's still selling and that's chicken soup for the soul and Canfield, right? And one, one of my, one of my, my favorites and is, you know, a, a classic. I read this when I was in, I think either high school or in college, but uh, it, it had 121 rejections, and that is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle uh, Repair. And I was, I was, I, I'm just completely blown away. And you, you mentioned this, this author, so I'm gonna definitely bring him up. Elmore Leonard, uh, his first book, The Big Bounce. Guess how many rejections, Murph? Mm, I'm curious. 84. Elmore Leonard. And people, you know, the okay, publish. You know, well, okay. Now, I, 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 and, and I don't mean to interject. It's all right. I want to say this. You mean as far as when he shifted genres? No. He was already published as a. He was already published as a western author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about when he's he he switched to detective. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ombre. Yeah. You had a variety. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Letters. I got you. I got okay. you. But no, no uh, one wanted his. No one wanted his detective stuff. Right, right. When he shifted over, right. right. And the key thing that he got hit for was you're a Western author. 
Right. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, he. I mean, to me, he. Right. Right. Well, anyway, so um, this the one that was really fascinating is that um, the there were sixty rejections for the help, which is you know which is surprising, and I know you like um, the uh, legal thrillers and, and and you also I like I like the uh, adrenaline part of this. James Patterson's first book was rejected thirty one times, and. Um, the one that I, that's really fascinating to me is your favorite writer, one of your favorite writers, Stephen King's first book, Carrie, mm-hmm. 30 rejections. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. And, and, and don't forget, I mean, one of the key purposes behind The Shining was the fact that... Yeah, exactly. Still, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. He still didn't know if he was on shaky ground as mm-hmm. far as being a writer. Mm-hmm. And he felt the pressure of having to turn in that book. Right. And that's what the shack was Right, about. I get that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was. I, I, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, yeah. uh, wait, wait. I have another one. And this is really the one that's got me was um, they made this into a movie. Steve, uh, no, Steven. Samuel Jackson became really uh, big out of it. And I mean, he he done some stuff, but this is the movie that broke him. You know, made him a um, um, a name across all all uh, uh, versions of media as opposed to just black and and that was john grisham's uh uh, time to kill and that that had 28 rejections so the reason i'm saying all this is and again for people who are listening this is to show you that the these big five they don't know what they're always talking about they don't even know what's good i think that they you know it's it's it, it, it takes convincing, and that's why a good query letter can can get you closer. I don't know if it doesn't necessarily get you the deal because, you know, you can get to talking to someone and screw it all up. But you, you I think the, the idea is the more you are able to, I don't know, uh, impress them and make them interested, at least they will, they may consider you. If that makes any sense, and I, I I'm just going to do one more and or two more real quick, and I'm done. Um, the Wrinkle in Time, I mean, you know that 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 was a first time novel, 26 rejections. Um, my my favorite is Catch 22. You know the name. Guess how many rejections? 22. 22. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny to me. So, but you know, and, and one of one of the more interesting as well. I want to say most interesting, but an interesting aspect here, especially in the query, mm-hmm. uh, is um, where you fit in the chain, okay? Because, and we both know this, which is, we believe our content is at least unique, if not original, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and the embodiment in the letter that you're going to send out before they even allow you to send out any chapters to them, right? You have to present that because you realize that when you send your novel out, you're actually, especially the two of us, we're representing one of two things, okay? We're either the first of or we're the next of, mm-hmm. okay? Or the, okay, you know what I mean? So if, uh, I, want to, I want to say this properly, um, oh, Walter Mosley, okay, when he submitted his novel, okay, uh, Devil in the Blue Dress, mm-hmm. he was going to create this whole series, okay? Yeah, he, he presented something that was unique, and it wasn't the fact that he presented a detective novel. It was that he presented a side of Los Angeles 
right that others hadn't really been aware of right exactly so he presented something you know unique to the publishers and that's mm-hmm. what they wanted to actually capitalize on right all right not the series itself which you know became popular uh, afterwards but at the same time anybody who followed up at that point everybody else was looking for the next walter mosley right okay and at the same time what exactly was it that made walter mosley walter mosley in the publisher's eyes mm-hmm. not in the audience to bite audiences eyes right and it's that was always the frustrating part of most black writers who followed after right and so I, get it. I get Coulson, it i get it whitehead everybody else it's it's what exactly was the label looking for mm-hmm. okay and that's what you're trying to figure out in the body of your query letter right you don't really think about it when you first you're just pitching your book mm-hmm. right you know and at the same time whoever you're pitching it to and, and we both experienced this from the same party okay watch out for what they claim they're looking for because that ain't what they're looking for. Right. Okay? Be careful. Take a, and, and, and I can't, I, I think I can't speak for you. No matter what you do, if you've written a piece and you think it fits the party, okay, go look at the body of work that they have actually represented. Mm-hmm. And see how close off the market you really are. Right. I agree. Okay? Because that's going to be the most fascinating part when you get that, because when that rejection comes in, and it's coming, and it's coming, it's gonna come. You know, I really wasn't on the market. I really didn't represent this strong gay male dude. <laughs> well, what were you thinking about? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, just to say. All right. Well, I I want to. I just wanted to. I remember I, that was one of the things I. You know me. I'm always. If I say it, I want to do it. So here, um, the other thing we were going to talk about was the the big five and Amazon being sued for an antitrust because they are, um, and this is about eBooks. They are, um, I'm trying to think how to phrase it. I know you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They are price, uh, they're, they're setting the price and then it's sort of like, I, like almost like uh, I don't want to say Google's doing this, but it's similar to how like you you go to the search engine and you you type in something and the first thing that pops up is something owned by Google or you know Google's is right. trying to f- uh, f- uh, fill and that's what the, what the um, the this antitrust thing is about is that they they found that the um, the algorithm which they always like to talk about isn't really an algorithm it's really um, them uh, catering to the big five and using, you know, what the big five's uh, uh, most important uh, or their uh, marketing stuff that they want to sell is the first thing that you'll find on Amazon. And Especially when you do an ad to what the right. do find that. So, but I, I mean, again, ads. there you go. I, I, I was fascinated by it. And the ABA, uh, that's the American Booksellers Association, is suing Amazon and the big five for this. And this is a, antitrust is a big thing because it's not just state, it's federal. So I, I'm really curious what you think of this because I know you, it's, it's very, you love to, you know, the switching, the media, even though I'm talking about books, you're gonna bring up like um, movies and movie houses, I don't know how, but my question is, um, do you think that the Big Five and Amazon are going to blink on this? Oh, well, okay. First and foremost, we've actually addressed this before. 
Well, to a certain extent, but not very, not this, not this specifically. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, but no, we addressed this. We just didn't address it in this terms. Well, we, specifically, we didn't address the big five. Right. Right. What we addressed was Amazon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Being mm-hmm. the culprit here, mm-hmm. um, and they are. Still, this, and what's awkward is we call them the culprit now, but ten years ago they were doing everybody a favor. Yeah. Okay, and it was the people who got in and figured out how to. How to capitalize on it, and for those who didn't, and believe me, let's face it, it's not even a one percent that figured out how to capitalize on it. And small, but once the big five got in, we had a different animal. And it's no different than with the studio system. Yes, you are right. I ain't want to go that way. <laughs> See, uh, mm-hmm. but it, but it is no different. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be fair. Let's I'm not. I didn't point. say it wasn't, but I'm just saying I'm just stick to the to the uh, but, but streets. Yeah, I mean, streams and the okay. the rivers we're on. As, you know, exactly. TLC. So, so when Netflix came out, everybody poo-pooed the actual vision, right? Everybody remembers how they did, how they basically decimated Blockbuster, mm-hmm. okay, and Hollywood Video, right, just by mailing out DVDs, and that was never their vision, okay? And, and, and I'm not going to say if you were an insider, but I will say this. If you were dealing with them directly, you knew what the vision was because you were already shaking it off. Mm-hmm. You were trying to tell them why the licenses wouldn't make the provisions for them mm-hmm. as far as what they wanted to do. And Amazon was no different in doing this, which is they would offer you a flat fee and then tell you to go away. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Netflix was doing the same thing. Take this money and never had a conversation about a back end. And if you look at Amazon's deal, that's the awkward part. You know, how they, cut, how they actually cut the finances. Mm-hmm. Right, whether it be the 70 or the 35 however it works okay uh, and then basically everything they put in place and, and how you have to actually manipulate the situation you know the system and they'll never take time to market it and help you out with it which you would think they would yeah, yeah it's to their benefit but of course they don't care because they, they, they they're doing their mass they have, because they have you know just a huge numbers so that's what why exactly. it wins the, the more things they offer the more things they can take from you up front right exactly uh, even if you say well you're uploading for free no mm-hmm. you're not no I uh, know. you, you scooped me on that the first day I right. was like oh, dude right. the ISBN right. I was like oh, I'm sorry the what the ISBN yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know I hate to say they get you coming to going but at the same time they have provided these wild opportunities mm-hmm. and that's that's the unfortunate part of that that, that whole scenario right that you know yeah, you know, who else is going to give me a shot? We just sat here and talked about the querying process. And let's face it, you know, what will we do? Basically sell out, the, sell out the back of our garages? Otherwise, no, we have an opportunity, and we're trying to make the best of that based off what they provided for us. Yeah. And yes. The well, I, the reason I even bring this sure. up is because I think a lawsuit, it's sort of like um, when you hit them in their pocket, suddenly things matter, to them at least. And the ones, when I say they or them, I'm talking about the people who have the power to green light things and make things happen because these are money people. And, you know, the idea of getting a a publishing contract sounds so, you know, sexy, but it's sort of, you know, because you and I both, well, I come from, I, I come from writing about music, but you come from music because you did music uh, sales and you understand, I mean, the, the, the advance is, is 
the bane of most artists. They don't want, they didn't want the advance because the advancement, you, you know, you're spending money before you're even doing anything and you're already owing them. Exactly, and at some point you've spent before you've done it. Right, that's what I just said, that's what I meant, right. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I'm saying that the same thing happens, but see, people are so, it it looks so um, appealing. Oh yeah, I got, I got, you know, X amount of advance. I'm like, yeah, but where's your book? And, you know, you're paying for that. That's, you know, the publicity and all that stuff. So, you know, they're, you're, you're owing them before you even have done anything. So, I mean, you know, nothing has changed, not, not that much. So uh, I don't want to get too deep into that because, you know, would I, let me, I, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Merv, if one of the big fives came up to you tomorrow and said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to give you an advance, are you going to say no? Uh, well, actually, <laughs> And I'm uh, saying they're going to give you a deal. Yeah, but see, but that, you know what? Wait, wait. Can I, we had this conversation. You're right, but the difference is that people aren't aren't aware of what an advance is. You know, and I it's funny because that's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a million dollars because no, 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 no. Yeah. Let me make it easier. Wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna make it easier. The standard advances that we have heard of. Are 125k plus, right, exactly. and over. But most black writers don't even exactly. get that. And so I'm talking about like I forget who it was. There's a woman who. It was fifteen thousand dollars. That's what it was. No, 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 no. I know that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, a woman who was given I think six hundred and fifty thousand dollars her first book. And I'm, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I'm just saying that, you know, so we don't know because we're, you know, and we're receiving, going from nothing to something sounds like, oh, great, right? We're at the table. No, we're not. We're not even at the table. So you have to be aware of that. And I, the only reason I asked was because, you know, I, it, we were having that conversation. Okay, so let, let's let's transition real quick. So wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back now. So... If you were offered, let me give you a, a number. Say you were offered fifty k. Would you? Well, I take it. I take, I take it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would. No, no, no. I mean, but here's the thing about it. What are the terms? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you that. I just asked if you would take it. And it's the funny thing. I mean, because I'm not gonna say I'm savvier. Okay, than the average person. No, I got deal, you. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, I kind of know. All right, well, I'm getting roped into Right, right, right. right. No, I get it. That's why I was asking. I get it. I get that. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's push on real quick. Yeah, yeah. As long as I know what the parameters are. Yeah, yeah, of course. Greater shot of walking away. But now, here's the thing. The word is advance. Yeah, I know. Okay. You know what that means. And yeah. And then, paying it back. Mm-hmm. The back exactly. Gotta tell me what the back end's going to look like. You're right. Uh, is it gross? Which mm-hmm. we know it's not gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh, gross up, what's that? Gross for the first dollar. Yeah. Uh, or is it gonna be net? Right. And how do we actually calculate net? No, I get you. Know. I get you, man. I get right. you. So okay, let's let's yeah. let's switch real quick. So okay, here are the big five. Um, and I was really surprised because I thought I didn't. I had um, watched Hatchet grow, and I didn't think they were a part of the big five because I thought they were still a small uh, publishing company. But I guess they've gotten this huge. So Hatchet. Mm-hmm is one of the big five. Everyone, I think, is aware of Harper Collins and McMillan and Simon & Schuster 
and Penguin Random House. Those are the, that's the top five. So, and that's the right. big five. There's the people who, you know, make all most decisions in terms of everything. And, you know, you, and they, they're like, um, they gobble up the, the smaller publishing companies and they even, you know, they print or have an imprint under a different name, but they still, if you look it up, you'll realize that they're a part of one of those, which is kind of wild. So, but I thought, it, I, you know, I thought that was really important, but I wanted to finish this one, uh, our podcast today on two things. Larry McMurdy died and he's, you know, this goes back to uh, Westerns. And my question is, um, well, let me tell you a little bit about Larry McMurdy. He's the guy who did uh, Lonesome Dove. He also was the guy who did Last Picture Show and Terms of Endearment. And my question is, do you, uh, have you read? Did you read any of his stuff at all? I've read Lonesome Dove, but I will say this: I, although I have to credit somebody else with the uh, transition, uh, in terms of Endearment is one of my favorite films. Okay, without a doubt. Okay, okay. Uh, so I was always aware of his writing. Although I have to admit, I was also aware of the people who worked on the screenplay. Okay, uh, and their writing style, their writing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So it's always been this weird cross, uh, and um, yeah. But no, I, I, I will say this: yes, I, I was a big. Mm, no, that's not fair. I wasn't a big fan. I was aware, and yes, I read his material. Okay, because like for me, fan. I I have to tell you, I I, I knew of him. I'd seen Lonesome Dove. I think I'd seen like a, maybe an episode, but I've never read it. Mm -hmm. And I was just really, I was stunned that he had done Last Picture Show and Terms of Endearment. I'd never seen either one of those movies either. But I, I was, and I didn't read it. So I was, you know, but people were talking about his writing because, you know, he's, I, he has a long list of, of books he's written. But I just mentioned those three because those are the ones that people would, I would believe that most people know. And well, you know, the interesting thing, though, going to, especially in terms of endearment, mm -hmm. uh, and Lance Picture Show is kind of interesting, too, uh, because, yes, he, he wrote this story that the story it's based off of, and I think it's better to say it that way, because James L. Brooks actually took control of terms of endearment. Sure. He wrote the screenplay, he directed it, he produced it, right? And we're talking about the guy who oversees The Simpsons. No, no, you're talking about... So, uh, the, the humor that's in... Terms of endearment, the movie. It's far different. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever read uh, Forrest Gump? Yeah. Have you ever read? Not the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Total different tone. Oh, of course. That's yeah. not even the same movie. Right. That's not, you sit there and go, well, wait, where is, you know, as happens. Mm -hmm. happens. You know, or life is about to chocolate. That's not even in the book. Right. Okay. And the zeitgeist cool. moments you're talking about. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Terms of endearment is that way now. Lonesome Dove. And the, the entire Western set that he wrote, okay, that's him. Mm -hmm. That's his voice. Mm -hmm. When he did the teleplay, and you know the funny thing is, you, do you know what company, when I had to do you like this, do you know what company produced Lonesome Dove you would never suspect? You know I don't. Company. You know I don't. Motown. Okay. Motown actually had a, a production deal. Well, actually, um, they had an executive, right? who wanted to try her hand at producing beyond Barry Gordy's control. Okay. But she needed Barry Gordy's money. Yeah. So well, he allowed her to basically have the discretionary fund, and that's how she funded 
uh, Lonesome you know, Dove. Found the funding for Lonesome Dove. Okay. And Motown had this back end deal uh, as long as uh, because the, the initial cash came from them, from Barry right. Gordy. Well, let me just, let's, let's transition real quick to, to the last one. Uh, Beverly Cleary uh, uh, passed away as well. And um, I don't know if you, I've, I've read a couple of things, and it was really interesting because Beverly Cleary, the, the reason I, can't, I even know about her is because of Leave it to Beaver. Because she wrote books based on the uh, TV show. You know, so I don't know what you even call that. You know, so it's almost fan fiction, I guess, and which was really kind of cool. That's and that's how I was introduced to her, and because when I remember sitting in classes and seeing those books and going, I thought it was a TV show, and there were books on, you know, about Leave It to Beaver, the the TV show, but they weren't in the TV show. If that makes any sense, and um, the other thing that she that I read was Ramona the Pest and that's one of her uh, more popular titles. I don't know, have you, did you read any of these or any Beverly Cleary at all? No, I'm, so, I'm familiar, no, I'm familiar with Ramona the Pest though. Mm -hmm. I think that's like her most popular, I might be wrong, but I think it might be. Yeah, I, I can honestly say I've never had a group that would have read it. Right, and, same here, uh, right. You know, um, and unfortunately a lot of, and I can't speak for you, but a lot of the reading that my groups do it's predicated off anything I'd be interested in. Okay. And, and I had no interest. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, and let me, okay, well, let me, let's push on there real quick because I want to, the last thing I was going to ask is, and this, this is kind of uh, a, weir a weird thing because, excuse me, it's um, the idea of marketing your brand. And I'm talking about your personal brand as a writer. And how do you feel about that? And, are you trying to do that? And I have to tell you before you even start, I'm going to say, for me, I'm just learning about the distinctions in, in the platforms, you know? Like, I didn't even know that, and I just learned this today, I mean today, literally today, that Facebook is where you update and give news, and Twitter is where, or not Twitter, Instagram is where you post things that you like, or you just saw, or you enjoyed. And I was like, what? I didn't know that. So I'm asking a question of you. Okay, it's interesting, okay. Are you marketing your uh, brand? You know what, uh, no, and, and I'll tell you this, and I'll <laughs> the way you just said, no, 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 the way you asked it. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh God, I hate to go this wild. I know, so, I know you don't, uh, no you don't. Of, this ought to be good. Know, the handful of writers that you and I may have associated ourselves with, I would say I have, uh, who are found a brand. And that's when I started paying attention to what, you know, the branding, mm -hmm. okay? Because they've got, God, do I hate to go this route. So they got caught up in the hotels, okay, brand of marketing that they, you know, and, and we're talking about, from my standpoint, five women I've known, all right, for about, you know, 18 months, okay? Uh, who I think the world of. I, and, and I have to say that when you start booking yourself as a whole, right, that's unique. But when your book hits in the top five based off that marketing, my eye, my jaws drop. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and and I sit there going, this is what I do not understand the branding part. I didn't say the marketing part. Mm -hmm. It's the branding because 
you look at the two of us, and really, what is our brand? Well, I'm not a hoe. I have to let you know in advance. I'm not a hoe. Same here. Unfortunately, I'm not a pimp daddy either. I'm not a zaddy. You know, there are a billion things I'm not. So the question becomes, well, what are you? So you want to say, well, I'm unique, I'm original. And it's like, that might be the most unoriginal thing I'm saying. Right. Okay? So I I think that at the time, and I really can't speak for you, but I will speak for myself. I'm just trying to position myself as... Uh, a writer who basically has a different, a different perspective on the material that he wants to see. Mm-hmm. Or he would say, what's the, what's the line? Right? If if the material hasn't been written, then write it. Right. Okay. All right. So I'm writing material that I don't believe has been written for the urban market or to the urban market, but the urban market can't embrace. Mm-hmm. And then now it's a matter of, and how do I get them to embrace it after I've written? And, and that's that's the job I'm working on. All right. Um, well, that's your brand, then, brand? I guess, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm learning. I like I told you. I don't. I told you from the beginning. I don't know. So I just thought I'd ask because I just think that you know the world has changed so drastically, and um, it seems as if if you can you you do all the work of the uh, publishing company. So that the publishing company goes, okay, we're willing to work with you because you, I don't. All I have to do is just let you go, you know. I give you some money and you can get it done. And I'm like, well, then why do I need a publishing company? So that's where I'm at in my mind. So, but anyway, all right. Well, Merv, thank you again. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before I uh, hit the button that says stop? <laughs> All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, hopefully, you learned something today, and um, hopefully, you go out and figure out if you're going to query or if you get an advance. Make sure you get your money. Get your money, and um, remember, we are available on five platforms, including YouTube. And Merv uh, is always available. If you want to call his number, his number is.